0: Visa and MasterCard have been accused of cashing in during the coronavirus crisis by charging excessive fees. British Retail Group says the scheme fees charged by payment firms have almost doubled in the last two years. They warn that retailers will be forced to pass on the extra costs to consumers, with credit card bills rising by another €40 euros a year. It is the vital that the government takes action to tackle excessive card costs, said the BRC's Andrew Cregan. Mr. Cregan, head of finance policy at the British Retail Consortium, BRC, told the BBC if a phone or energy company increased their fees by such an amount, there would up there would be an uproar. It's an abuse of a dominant market position by these companies. They're two of the most profitable organizations in the world, and they got merchants over a barrel. The industry body wants the competition and markets authority, CMA, to investigate the card schemes. A Visa spokesperson responded, Visa enables millions of merchants throughout the UK to access the benefits of digital payments, giving the ability to reach billions of potential customers both in their local communities and across the globe. Visa has delivered to UK consumers some of the most secure and innovative payment solutions available anywhere in the world. A MasterCard spokesperson said card-based payments continue to grow in popularity with consumers as they offer unrivaled convenience, security, and protection. More shops and businesses are also adopting them either for the first time or in New contactless or digital formats, as they too benefit from faster, more efficient, and secure payments, which in turn generates significant value for their businesses. Now, I do want to say something about these cards, right? Whether it be Visa or Mastercard, right? So I have a card now. as a debit card, but it's still one of these two, right? It's either a Visa or a Mastercard. I'm not going to say which one, but it's one of them, and. I couldn't actually even use it via the chip in pretty much any single, like, processing, you know, basically where you actually go check out for anything, whether it be groceries, getting any sort of supplies from, like, a Home Depot or something. Like, the chip would not work no matter what. And what was weird was that I was getting malfunctions on the chip's multiple times with new and new and new cards because I had to keep replacing the card because the cards were just not working at all, right? So it was a pretty, it was a pretty crazy experience having brand new cards, like four to five brand new debit cards. And this is, could be the same thing for even credit cards, right? The whole point is the processing in the chip that they just failed continuously, right? So retail and hospitality trade bodies have come together to call for action to tackle card fees as more of them have been forced to accept only card payments due to the pandemic and social distancing rules. Now, also another thing is, let's say, for instance, you try to go get like, a, you try to like stop by like in a gas station and you just want one single item. Right, just one single item where it could be maybe a dollar or two dollars. Right, some gas stations or even some stores, if you're in the United States, right, will prevent you from actually buying anything from that store for that amount if you were to use any sort of card, right, whether it be a credit card or a debit card because of the processing fees because it ends up costing them more than what they're actually going to make from it, which means they literally have no margin because of the credit cards. So in its latest payment survey, the BRC said that the card schemes were clearly the least competitive layer of the card payments ecosystem, with a duopoly controlling 98% of the UK market. Complex billing structures have become a powerful tool to bamboozle political, regulatory, or legal attempts to rein in increasing abuses of the scheme's dominant market positions, said the industry body. BRC said the increases in scheme fees, 39% in 2017 and 56% in 2018, measured as a percentage of turnover, were clear demonstrations of an abuse of market dominance. The BRC said the average cost of a cash transaction to retailers was just 1.42p, accepting payment by debit cards cost retailers 5.88p, while credit cards cost them 18.4p. The events of the last few months have accelerated a move towards the use of card payments across hospitality, with many now not accepting cash on safety grounds, pointed out David Sheen, Public Affairs Director at UK Hospitality. The sector needs to be protected from excessive fees for doing the right thing. Jeff Moody, commercial director British Independent Retailers Association, said that local shops are being penalized as they are not able to negotiate better fees with payment firms. The contracts available to large national chains are often not available to individual smaller independent retailers, he said. With car transactions now the majority of their payment transactions, these costs are therefore being felt by consumers. The cost that company, company acceptance of card payments represents yet another overheard for embattled small retailers, added Martin McTague, National Policy and Advoc- Advocacy Vice Chairman at the Federation of Small Businesses, which is the FSB. A medical technology startup company's CEO is accused of misusing more than $400,000 in company funds on Basically, escorts, right? Even though that's... I think that's misspelled, right? Strip clubs and personal expenses from gifts to Uber Eats, according to a lawsuit filed by one of the company's minority stakeholders. Ecover Global, which runs an app to help doctors share messages with patients before and after surgery... Was accepted into a mentoring program by startup nonprofit Tampa Bay Wave last year. CEO Raymond Ben Server 28 was seeking investor funding earlier this year. During a pitch night hosted by Tampa Bay Wave in January, he told potential investors the company had already raised seven hundred thousand dollars and was valued at thirty-five million dollars. Sever's former best friend and business partner Brandon Bowen 28 filed a lawsuit late last month that says the CEO misappropriated hundreds of thousands of dollars from June 2019 to June 2020. Sever has used Ecover as his personal piggy bank to live on, Bowen wrote to the board of directors in June. Bowen, Ecover's former vice president, was encouraging board members to look into Sever's spending habits, which the lawsuit says the board never did. Bowen, who has a 10% stake in the company, took it upon himself to investigate with an attorney, the lawsuit says. Bowen's attorney declined to comment on behalf of his client when reached by a reporter. And a spokesman for the Tampa Bay Waves said the company had already graduated from its accelerator program and no longer has direct ties to the nonprofit beyond renting a covert co-working space. Ecovert's company values are important to it above all else, Seaver's attorney, Sarah Glazer, said in a statement. They have full faith in the court system and look forward to the truth coming out in court. The lawsuit, one of two Bowen has filed against Seaver, says the two had a blow-up in May. Bowen says he was confronting Seaver about his spending habits, and the next day the suit says Bowen was terminated from the company. Bowen's lawsuit includes a series of expenses Expense reports and text messages, he says, shows Sever's regular misuse of the startup funds, such as nearly $30,000 paid to nine different women, including one who got $12,000 total. $17,000 in ATM withdrawals that was used to cover liquor and visits to the Dollhouse Strip Club. More than $12,000 put toward his personal rent. $64,000 spent on non-businesses' expenses, including thousands spent on Uber, Uber Eats, Postmates, and Lyft. More than $5,000 used to purchase gifts for family members. And is doing for more than $400,000 in damages on behalf of minority owners in the company. Sever has an 80% stake in the company, the lawsuit says. Bowen wrote in his letter to the board that he believed the transaction records he obtained showed only a small part of Stiever's wrongful conduct. And a stunt coordinator on the set of the forthcoming James Bond movie, No Time to Die, used significant funds for Coca-Cola. The soda was used in a stunt scene for Daniel Craig's stunt double. Coordinator Lee Morrison, who has a long-time work relationship with Craig, 52, revealed in a recent interview that he needed 8,400 gallons of Coca-Cola for the scene, which cost more than $70,000. The scene, which is shown in the movie's trailers, has Craig's stunt double, Paul Edwards, on a motorcycle as he jumps off a ramp and over a wall. In order to prevent the motorcycle from sliding, Morrison sprayed the streets of Matara, Italy with the soda in order to create sticky traction upon landing. I spent nearly sixty thousand euros, which is more like I think eighty grand US spraying Coca-Cola around Matara. The stunt coordinator told Total Film Magazine. The cost is about $70,691. Okay. I was ten grand off, but so that's pretty amazing. Morrison added, I've been spraying Coca-Cola on slippery surfaces for a very long time. It makes things look very clean after it washes off. And imagine that's what a lot of the population is putting into their stomach. A judge's ruling is shaping how bars and restaurants will look for the next couple of weeks. A Barron County judge reinstated Governor Tony Evers' emergency order to limit capacity of bars and restaurants to 25%. The Tavern League of Wisconsin fought the order in court and lost. That ruling feels personal to Kevin Riley. They're knocking, the, they're knocking down all the small guys, Riley said. Riley owns Raleigh Sports Bar and Grill downtown Janesville, where he said capacity rules have made this year especially difficult. Absolutely, it hurts us, Riley said. It, hurt, it hurts the working people out there, too. The governor's latest rule, which, is, which a judge upheld Monday, limits capacity to 25%. Riley has already been limiting crowds at his bar. I don't want to break any rules, I don't want anybody getting sick in here, and I don't want my bar to be shut down for that reason either, Riley said. Riley didn't feel the need for Evers to make this rule that significantly impacts his industry. I'm for what the cause is, but I'm not for him just shutting down one individual sector of the state, and that's the tavern league in the restaurant industry, Riley said. This critically important ruling will help us prevent the spread of the virus by restoring limits on public gatherings, ever said in the statement. Riley said limiting public gatherings should happen across the board, not just to bars and restaurants. We are obviously disappointed in the ruling and the catastrophic effects it will as well, continue to have on a small business businesses across Wisconsin, Tavern League of Wisconsin President Chris Marciano said in a statement. The order is in effect until November 6, and breaking it could cost establishments $500. The latest figures from the Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA, suggest that travelers may once again be ready to take to the skies. On Monday morning, the TSA confirmed that more passengers were screened on Sunday, October 18th, than were screened on any other single day since the pandemic prompted decreased demand in air travel earlier this year. The Transportation Security Administration, TSA, screened over 1 million passengers Sunday, representing the highest number of passengers screened at TSA checkpoints since March 17th, 2020, reads a news release issued by the TSA whose records indicate that specifically a total of 1,031,505 were screened Sunday. Furthermore, the TSA says its officers screened a total of roughly 6.1 million passengers throughout the entire past week between October 12th and October 18th, which itself was also a milestone. That weekly volume also represents the highest weekly volume for TSA since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, TSA wrote. Prior to October 18th, TSA last recorded screening over 1 million travelers, 1,257,823 on March sixteenth. In the news release, the TSA also touted enhanced health and safety protocols as well as new equipment that is being implemented to reduce contact between passengers and TSA officers. Included among these initiatives are acrylic plastic barriers as well as new ID readers that allow passengers to scan their identification themselves as opposed to handing it over to a TSA officer for examination. New computed Topography, CT, scanners at some airports are also allowing officers to clear suspicious items and carry-on bags without the need to open them. The TSA added that these initiatives are currently being carried out at airports, and the agency did not say when it expected these measures to be in effect at all checkpoints. The passenger traffic on October 18th, while promising, is still a long way off from pre-pandemic levels, According to the TSA's own data, passenger traffic on the same day in 2019 exceeded 2.6 million travelers. Sunday's number is, however, more than 11 times what the TSA recorded on its least trafficked day during the pandemic, which hit a nadir in April with less than 90,000 travelers in a single day. Check out 40 to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. And we'll see you in future episodes.